I am still just not okay from Sunday, by the way. I was curious, because you've told me that there will be a tale for this episode, and I was like, is this gonna be another Ikea thing where half the episode's gonna be taken up, or... I, we will see, because, I mean, there will be a point that I reach, and I'll be kind of grasping for the memories. (laughs) And then there's a point that I'll reach where I... Fuck. Oh, me and, uh, me and... I just realized where I ended up at the end of that night. God damn it. Oh, this gonna be good! This gonna be good! Fuck it! Start the show! Well, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's time! It's time, it's time! And I'm talking about a load, a load of BS. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, a load of BS, the greatest show on the planet featuring the two best damn men of all time. And I'm talking about he, the B, the pineapple eating B to the L-A-K-E, it's Blake Tanner. I was in the middle of a bite. Damn it. Yeah, that's what you get. <laughs> I give you this gift of forcing you to destroy that pineapple pizza before you come on the show. Wait, before I come on the show or before I come on the no, show? No, we can't. It's been a, less than a minute into this before show, I, Blake. Well, Scotty, how do you want me to come onto the show? Just, do you want me to come on the show? Or do you want me to... Because of the answer. Because my answer was going to be, I want you to say my name. <laughs> You mean your name? You mean the name of the only man that'll let you come on the podcast? That wants me to come on the podcast? Yeah, yeah, that's the S, Scotty Moore. Oh, what's up, buddy? So, um, we got some stories to tell because not only did I go to Daytona Beach and have a fun weekend full of going to several restaurants. With uh, hit rapper Mega Ran. Yep. You also have a tale, and I really want you to go first, because you've been waiting till Sunday to tell it. I, yeah, I did wait till Sunday, and then I had to make the tale on Sunday, and now I've waited until Wednesday, which is today to tell it. Yes. Um, so, our good buddy, who guested on this podcast once, very, very early on, Austin Yates. Twice, actually. He played a bartender in the musical as well. He did, I forgot. He did that. We sat there and recorded with him. So anyway, when we were in college, and for a while afterwards, Austin was known for throwing what were called ragers. Oh, yeah. Which, by the way, if we can just take a moment, and I think we talked about this on the episode we did with him, the calmest, nicest little Christian boy there is, Austin, who would just come up and be like, hello, how are you today? What's up? Yeah, let's talk for a few. Let's have a good time. That boy throws some fucking parties. Yep, because everybody gets blitzed and he boils crawfish. Um, So... He recently bought a house. Um, he bought a house in what, uh, a, what is known as a judgmental map of Birmingham, Alabama, is known as, a uh, Machine Gun Alley. Okay! Um, meanwhile, my apartment that I'm moving in, by the time that this 
episode goes out, so the well, next like one got, we record... It's going out tomorrow, so... Um, yes, I will start moving tomorrow. Oh, okay, happy 4th. Thank you. I'm not doing anything else. Um, but the next time we record, I'll be there. So, that judgmental map puts me in rich gaze. <laughs> All right. <laughs> R- oh, and hold on, we are... We are overlapping with liberals. Yes. Yep, there it is. And Austin is in Machine Gun Alley. So, Austin, this was two months ago when he put this thing together. He said, this is the date. I'm buying my house. I'm going to have people over that night. Right. He invites tons of people, and tons of people show up eventually, because he starts the thing at 5 p.m., On a Sunday. (laughs) On a Sunday. On a Sunday, by the way. This is not going to be lost. So, me and uh, my roommate, Michael, who he had moved in like a couple of weeks ago. And um, so we we say, okay, we'll pop in for a little bit. And we kind of, we kind of get, we get in there. We decide to go on and say, hey, it's going to be a nice time. He said he was going to have some jungle juice, he's providing two kegs of beer, he's going to have a cocktail mixing competition. (laughs) Yeah, hold on, can I just say my favorite part of this is how slow you're telling the story as if you are real-time mementoing and trying to put it back together. Like, you look at your wrist and there's a tattoo that says cocktail competition, you're like, oh, that happened. No, no, I'm trying, I do have all of the pieces, I do just have to rearrange them right now because they were (laughs) They were shattered by said cocktail competition. Okay. Um, so we get there, and Austin proceeds to, like, there's probably about 50 people there already. Yeah. Um, Austin proceeds to give me, Michael, and, like, two or three other people the tour of the house. I watch Austin do this exact same tour no less than a dozen more times that night. Yeah. Same exact rooms. Same exact explanations. He goes up and down in that house, and he did it so many times that I could have followed with his explanations, and I could have just, like, jumped in for him yeah. if he, he, he like, stopped. He could have stopped. hired you as a, uh, as a tour guide of the new Austin Manor. Yeah, I could have done it. Big, big place, too. Um, met his neighbor, very nice older lady. She came, ate some crawfish, and um, he has a little, you know, the little, like... Uh, the little boxes that you see in gas stations that, like, keep, like, slushies frozen, and they do the mixing thing, and it's fun to watch, very hypnotizing. He had one of those, and it was just full of frosé. Okay. And I don't know if you know what frosé is, because I barely do. It's just kind of frozen rosé. Yeah. If you didn't guess. Oh, no, no. When the when we eventually get to a point where we can build BS headquarters in Birmingham, we will have at least three of those running. One non-alcoholic, two alcoholic beverages at any time. And he says, oh, yeah. So I went with the Frosé this time because when I really thought about Jungle Juice and what I'd done with the Jungle Juice, I, I realized that I'd ruined many people's lives because of that Jungle Juice. <laughs> so I decided to go with the Frosé instead. So, uh, what's it got in it, Austin? Uh, let's see, about nine liters of rosé. Um, see, we have some other stuff in that. Nine liters of rosé. Yeah. NBD. Nine liters of wine. That's a lot of liters. Um, 
Then he comes on, so we, we start having a good night. We chill, we eat some burgers, we get some crawfish. It's no big deal. The sun starts setting. We chat with Austin. I try to tell him our Vegas story about six times, and he always, like, gets interrupted because yeah. he's the host and everybody wants to talk to him. You should have sent him a link to the podcast episode and be like, just listen to yep. this, it's fine. I probably will at some point. And during this time, I'm, f- I'm fine. I'm like, oh, it's no big deal. I'll have a, a froze. Yeah. Oh, another froze. That's nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, three froses. It's f- oh, we're out of froze. Oh, man. Hey, what's in that keg? Now, I would also like to say we were supposed to record that night. And at one point, you messaged me in a tone that didn't say no, but did say, you don't want this to happen. You don't want me trying this tonight. Yeah, that was because I was not... I, at that point, I was not going to be driving myself home. Right. And at that point, I was like, hmm, may as well grab another beer. Uh, I probably had two of those frosés, about six beers. Right. And I had a couple of other bottled drinks that I didn't really get. Interesting. I had a sour that just tasted like sweet hellfire. Um, So... You know, we end up chatting, doing normal party things. It's fine. I'm progressively just getting more wasted and start talking to random people that I remember from Austin parties. Yeah. I don't remember their names. I remember at one point just, like, going to the restroom and somebody trying to open the door. And all I hear outside is, oh, and this is the upstairs bathroom. So, oh, there's someone in there. Yeah. It was Austin giving another tour. (laughs) Now, I will say, I'm going to keep people updated with what my experience was during this, because um, this sounds like it was probably around 7 o'clock at night, so before this, I received, so, can we try recording tomorrow, because I want to go to the cocktail competition, followed by, there's a juice here, and it tastes like something. And that was it, (laughs) that was the full description, was it tastes like something. Uh, that was probably me at the end of that second. It was not a, it was not a normal sized cup of Frosé. Yes. Um, so I got there and let me tell you about this cocktail competition. Okay. So Austin kind of starts the night out. He says, oh yeah. And by the way, we're going to have a cocktail competition. I don't know if you've noticed, but many people here are professional bartenders that really know their stuff about mixing cocktails. Well, Austin is also a professional bartender as well. Yes, he is. Um, But he's like, I know many of them. I want to see what they can fucking do. I am very mad I wasn't... I'm I'm happy because I didn't want to get drunk, because after this I'm going to tell the story of me getting drunk in uh, Daytona. But, God, I love making bartenders just show their skills and tell them, show me what you got. Well, this is an Austin-style thing, so it was it was great. Let me get to the co- competition, just after, like, he said, Now, it's gonna start at 11, but I'll announce the theme at 10. Wait, what? What? It was RuPaul style? <laughs> it was just like, runway look is... Yes, and not only did he do that, after he announced the theme, um, right before we started, they brought out the, like... 
He announced the theme and said, all right, it's open. If you want to sign up, you talk to me and I'll sign you up. And so, like, once we found out there was a cocktail competition, Michael, um, who... I don't know if you know, but he's he's dabbled in mixology. Oh, yeah. He's not a professional bartender. He's the reason you love raw egg in your uh, whiskey sours. Yes. He's very, like, once he kind of gets into a hobby, he really goes, all like, whole hog. Yeah. And he's never really stepped out of mixology. <clears throat> um, And he said, I'm th- I think I'm going to do it. And I said, all right, you do it. And then Austin said, hey, you guys can be a team. And I said, all right, we'll do it. There are so, teams? Yep, if you wanted, you and a partner could get together. One person could mix the drink, the other person just be the sous chef. Yeah, was there a uh, was there a, a, a prize for the competition? Just recognition. And of course. And the thought of getting everyone else drunk, because uh, by the time it started, we were all pretty far gone anyway, yeah. except for Michael, who decided to be stone cold sober for it. That, I mean, be... that's a smart move. Also, at this point in the night, you have texted me a picture of your cup. I assume that once had a frosé with a bug on it, and all you sent was, I caught a lightning bug with my cup! I'm a Disney princess! No, it was a lightning bug. Like, they were flashing all around us as it was yeah. getting dark, and I just held my cup out, and it landed right there, and it started flashing. Yeah, then we just started riffing on Louie the Lightning Bug, and you said you gotta play it safe around electricity. Yes, it's electric. And then, uh, okay, so I won't interrupt anymore, so I'll just say, do it, try not to die. That was another Blake classic. Mm-hmm. And then my favorite point in the night, because I'm sure you were drunkenly sad that you had to miss the show, so you go, I'm gonna tell Austin the Vegas story to make up for it. No explanation of what you were talking about. And then I said, make up for what? He goes, missing tonight because of bad schedules. I'm like, okay, I'm not sure how telling someone else about a story I'm involved in will make this up, but okay. Oh, well, I'm sorry. If that doesn't touch your heartstrings, then you must be just the coldest (laughs) bastard. Also, Frank, Frank's in the chat. He goes, um, a couple of weeks ago, didn't Blake have a hangover where he swore off drinking? Are you doubling down the other way now? Hey, Frank, fun fact, every hangover ever you swear off drinking. I, I know you've only been 21 for a few now, but that's what happens. That's every hangover eventually. Once you hit your mid-20s, that's all of them. Yeah. Um, so the cocktail competition starts. Me and Michael, we're in the first round. Now, this is probably what one would call... The kid gloves around, because this is where everybody who is not a professional got put into. Yeah. And there were only... What was the theme, if I may Oh, yes. The theme that Austin announced an hour before, childhood stories. You have (laughs) to mix a drink that's inspired by a story from your childhood. I love him so much! (laughs) And... And and this also bleeds into my story about uh, getting drunk at the Edison as well. So I'm really happy that this is happening. All right. So he announces the theme. They start to bring the shit out because they do it like Iron Chef style. They say, these are the ingredients we have. This is what you can use to make your drinks. 
Ale cuisine, motherfucker. Yes. Um, and Austin I do. Is standing on a pedestal. There's a cloche in front of him, sealed, and he's like, "Your secret ingredient is a tuna fish." And he takes a bite out of a big old bell pepper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so they get this out. And we're looking, and Michael's like, all right, tell, tell me a story about your childhood. And I'm like, I just start rambling off stories and say, I, I don't know, my my grandfather built me a, a, a treehouse when I was young. We pretended it was a pirate ship, and he said, pirate ship? We're going to make a tropical drink. Do they have, they didn't, I forget what this liquor is, like this liqueur that he found. Um, it starts with a C. It's kind of got a tequila-like vibe to it. Is it like orangey almost? I can't remember because that was the point that I was far gone enough that I'm just like, yeah, I'll drink it. All I can think is Quantro. It might be Quantro. Quantro, that's what it was. Okay, then yeah. Yeah, you got it. Um, so he made this really tropical, like, sweet drink out of Quantro and um, a couple of other things. I can't remember. We mixed it up all nice and good. And I told the story of, like, what it was when my grandfather, like, he would, how he would uh, help me, like, by saying it's okay to be imaginative. Sometimes we would be pirates, like, sailing the high seas. We'd go to different islands, adventures, and he would bury treasure for me when I was little so I could find it. And he said, so, in memory of, like, the pirates of the high seas, we made this delectable little tropical drink. And, um, what I don't for the life of me remember what the third person at our table uh, made because we were doing groups of three. Yeah. But the second person was just basically like, I got some whiskey. I put some vermouth in it. It's it's real strong. And we all got it. Like, they, we had to make two drinks. One for yeah. the audience, one for the judges. Okay. It was basically just like he'd mix two kinds of whiskey together. Wait, so what was his childhood story? It sounds like it would have been depressing. Um, I also remember him saying he didn't have one because he didn't know that was part of the competition. Yeah. Mm. Which is better than the third person because I don't remember anything about their stuff at all. Yeah. Um, so it's fine. Uh, we win, we win the first round, by the way. Uh, yeah! NBD. The second round goes on. Three completely new people. Um, all three professional bartenders... This is where things got interesting, because this is the, this is, <laughs> this is the, oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, are you, are you having to look at your arms again? Are you having to search out the tattoos for the yep. next part of the story? There was one drink that was, <sighs> I don't remember any of these people's stories, Scotty. Yeah. I just remembered the drinks, kind of. Um, there was a clear drink. Um, it was kind of sweet, but it had a bite to it. And uh, it was nice. It, um, there was another team on that second round who, who they made a very, like, um, oh, God, what was... He, they made a whiskey sour Yeah, with whiskey, tequila... And the sour stuff. Okay. It was inventive. It was not bad, but they had a very good story, so they ended up winning. Yeah. Um, and um, they they brought it up as like, well, we've been friends for a long time. Um, he's Latino. I'm white. 
and we have both very different drinking experiences, so we decided to meld them together. So this is like when I tried to come up with the official BS cocktail, which featured both scotch and bourbon in it mixed together to really combine our stuff. Exactly. If they had scotch, that's probably how we would have ended up. Um, and the third group in that one just gave out tequila shots. Okay. So I enjoy a Frank Frank's option, which is mine would have been three shots of vodka called one is poison from the time my dad, for no reason, was paranoid my mom was going to poison him. And he would say, well, if it's not poison, give it to our son first, first. with cookies or whatever she made. All right, let me get to the end of the story. Okay, okay, um, go, go, go. So we know the tequila shots guys were in the third round. The second round had somebody who'd made a, a, a kind of fruity drink um, and garnished it with some local kudzu. Um so I thought that was interesting. Yeah? You tell me um, they put grass in a cocktail? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the third round, um, there was a... One of the best cocktails that I ever had. Okay. I have no idea what was in it. Um, but it was, it was whiskey, it was sweet, and it was refreshing, of all things. Mm-hmm. And that's all I remember. Um, so... They won that third round because it was just them. It was another uh, single person who made kind of a fruity version of almost like a Bloody Mary, but like nah. fruit V8 instead of like normal Bloody Mary mix. I kind of would fuck with that, I think. It was very interesting. Um, yeah. <clears throat> and then the third group, that was the Tequila Shot Boys because they didn't really have a story and their story was just like, let's get fucked up. <laughs> yeah. So we have our three winners from each round. We're at the final round. It's me and Michael. Um, the uh, the group from the second round, the uh, the tequila whiskey boys. Yeah. And the third team, who's just made up of probably the best bartender that I'd ever met, and her assistant. Yeah. Um, I have no memory of him other than he just helped. <laughs> And this is like, in the time that we're prepping, I know that, okay, we've got to pull out the big guns. And I know what we're going to do. We're going to bring out the stories of, like, when Michael and I, we used to know, like, when we knew each other, we were younger, we would go explore in the woods behind his house. And all of our friends would be there, and, like, we'd make up these imaginative places, like, running through the brush, like, kind of getting stuck in thickets and stuff like that, and just kind of feeling like the forest was all around you. And, like, it was, it was just a fresh feeling of home yeah, that yeah. you get from living in Alabama. And I'm like, fuck, we got to make the best whiskey sour we've ever made. So Michael says, look, we got a good whiskey over here. We've got cherry, black cherry vermouth. I that can use good. that, put a little bit of sour in it, and and I say, stop. And I look over to Austin, who's like sitting up, Austin, can we have another ingredient? Bring He's, me eggs. And he said, well, sure, what do you want? As long as it's for everyone. Eggs. <laughs> Give me eggs! He said, got three cartons in the fridge, go get them. Um, so yeah, that was us. That was our drink. Yeah. I was very proud of what Michael did. Um, we actually did end up getting second place. Yes. Um, the first place was the uh, best bartender that I'd ever known, because they once again made... 
a drink that was refreshing, um, smooth, and I don't remember what was in it, but they yeah. said that, like, they didn't really have a, a huge, a wonderful story, but it was like, this is just what our friendship tastes like. Okay. So I'm like, alright, alright, that's fine, that's fine. And the third team, they made... It was a harsher drink. It was a tequila-based drink. And it was one that I drank. Um, it was another one that was eventually garnished with local foliage. Don't remember what that was. I do remember I ended up with the audience-like drink of that. It was only halfway finished, and I downed it. Yeah. After I downed our whiskey sour that the judges, like, they drank about half of it, and they gave it back to us. And then we, you so... woke up in a field. <laughs> Almost. I woke up in the wood, no. Um, and then after that, we had one of the judges, who was a great bartender, I asked, hey, could you make me a whiskey sour? Because she was taking requests afterwards. Yeah. Uh, Scotty, by the way, the cocktail competition officially ended at uh, 2 a.m. Okay. So all of that happened after 2 a.m. God. Um... So that's when me and Michael Ubered back to our apartment, because we, we Ubered there in the first place. Yeah, yeah. Michael's like, you know, I got work tomorrow, but I'm real hungry. Hey, you want to go to McDonald's? Oh, fuck, it's Vegas all over again, <laughs> baby! And so we go to the 24-hour McDonald's. Please, please tell me you did it. I got the 20-piece chicken nugget with fries. The nugs! And... I just remember, like, sitting there on our love seat, like, I'm enjoying this. You know, I'm really happy that I didn't get sick tonight, and I'm just eating these nuggets. Yeah. And like, yeah, I'm good here. And like, Michael's taking a shower, I'm waiting for the shower to be cleared up, and I'm like, man, I'm gonna watch some of the videos that Scotty and I did. Oh, the be a man shit? Um, I I only watched the the pumpkin pie one. And yeah. then I watched um, the most recent uh, JWF pay-per-view, Toe Jam. <laughs> yes! And I'm like, man, that Captain Tibbs got away with words. <laughs> it's a beautiful man. And that's how my night ended, and that Monday was probably the worst day of my life. Yeah. You, was, woke, up, you woke up and even messaged me like, Scotty, I'm in such pain. It's because I woke up at 7 and I went to bed at 4. Oh, no, no, I'm the same way, because when we went out for Daytona, and me and Dylan talked about it on the latest episode of Fight Boys, how buckwild drunk we got, but we didn't get into details. But, yeah, I think we got back home, like, 2 or 3 in the morning, and I woke up at 8, and I didn't have anything to do till, like, 1 that day, so I just kind of sat in the bed and watched Queer Eye videos for 5 hours. God. I went to work, and I spent the whole day at work. Like, I was able to do that, and once I finally did that, I realized that there is nothing that can fucking stop me. Yeah. Well, I'm happy you told- you, uh, you've given me a, a way to talk about my new favorite drink of all time. Because we went to the Edison once again, we got our, uh, sippy cups from Homecoming, got some mm -hmm. moonshine- one of my uh, managers at T-Rex is leaving soon, so I went and talked to her for a few. Then we went to the Edison and just sat there. And me and Dylan both were like, I remember most of the night. And then we sat down at the Edison. And then that's when it starts to get bad. Because, uh, as I was saying, if I had to make a BS cocktail, it would be the leather and tweed from the Edison. Because it's got a minty kind of... 
flavor to it. So that's got like the blue aspects of our logo. It's got like this burning smokiness. So that gets the red. It's got all of the personality mixed up. And I've talked about the leather and tweed before, and I've said multiple times it's my favorite cocktail of all time. Mm-hmm. Until Dylan, who knows I'm a mule boy and love ginger beer, looks at me and he goes, you need to order the Maelstrom. And I went, do I? And he goes, it's a $25 cocktail. And I went, oh, I do. I do need to do this tonight. Hey, Scotty, just real quick, I want to say that like, I know this is something that's like, only found at the Edison because the bar, one of the bartenders who's the best in the world, according to y'all, had made it. Yeah. But if you do just type in the leather and tweed cocktail, the first thing that pops up is the menu of the Edison, but that cocktail doesn't exist on it. <laughs> oh, that makes me kind of happy. But uh, Oh, there it is. Found it. Yeah. So the Maelstrom is a heavy scotch, peated... But also with, like, like he uses two different blends of scotch. He uses, like, herbs. He uses ginger beer. It's the best way I describe it. Every time I talk about scotch, I say it tastes like your enemy's house burning down. This gives you the spice from the ginger beer to really add it all together. But here's the best part. And I'm happy you talked about a competition where you had to tell stories. Mm-hmm. In addition to it being called the Maelstrom, which does kind of evoke like this Nordic Norse mythology vibe, as he prepares the cocktail in front of you, he tells you a story and like is just like it's a they were getting crushed underneath the waves, and that's when he's like muddling everything in it, and then he's like, and then they came together, and then you would like clink the glasses, and it was a full beautiful like Norse mytho- mythological tale told as he created this cocktail in front of me and it took me so long to drink it because i was like i i don't want it to be over so and that did lead to afterwards me and dylan being in the car and us facetiming you oh is that when y'all were riding home yeah i'll kind of want to know the blake experience of having two drunk assholes facetime them at almost midnight you know what my favorite thing? Well, I was just getting out of um, a show because I had a date that night. Yeah. Um, and I was in my car, so I had put my phone up on the mount so I could just listen to you motherfuckers on the FaceTime. Yeah. And, like, it was fine until I got on the highway, and then it was probably just about ten minutes of y'all yelling and me not understanding anything. <laughs> I'm like, oh, oh, that's a lot. Uh, yeah, bud, I get you. Yeah, man. Fuck yeah. All I remember is desperately trying to get you to come down for podcast movement in August, and you being like, yeah, I'll see what I can do, man. And then afterwards, when I woke up the following morning, I saw that I had messaged the CEO of podcast movement asking for a discounted ticket. <laughs> I was like, please, my boy needs to be there. Oh, what'd he say? Uh, he did not reply, so don't know how that's going to fare out in the future. But I will say, my favorite moment of the Edison was the fact that uh, Dylan goes there a lot, so he knows everybody. Mm-hmm. And when Dylan gets a little tipsy, he gets very commanding. So he was like, Eric! Eric! Come here! Eric! Eric! Like, he's yelling at people from across the bar. And then I look, and I'm like, oh, that girl came in, like, full costume. She's dressed like a fairy. And then he looks, he goes, that's the absinthe fairy. She brings you absinthe. She's gonna provide you with what you crave. 
Daniel! Daniel! Ask the fairy to come this way, Daniel! I'm so angry that I missed this, just so I could throw it in Dylan's fucking face every time he mentions me yelling about a goddamn hat. <laughs> and so the absinthe fairy came over, and like I had like fancy nail wraps on, so you're like, I love these! I'm like, thank you! Oh my god, yes! Now give me the absinthe, Carol. Provide me with what I need. And then, luckily, Dylan had, like, a ticket. I guess it's something that Disney does. It's like a Disney dining plan for Florida residents where you get discounts on drinks. And he goes, buy my drinks and I'll give you this discount. So I went, okay, that's fine. And then I looked at the bill. And I went, oh, no. (laughs) Oh, bud. For the amount that I spent at the Edison, I would have been able to drink around the world at every single location in Epcot. (laughs) Oofa-doofa. So, uh, yeah, you need to get some tickets to go down in August with me just to go to the Edison. Just for that. If You know what? I don't even need tickets to podcast movement. I'll just sit down at the Edison. <laughs> You're like, okay, Scotty, you gotta do your dumb nerd shit. I'll be here. But wait, if we want to afford to get you down to Orlando with me, Blake, we're gonna need some funds. So I guess we need to go to the Shell Station. Ding, ding. Oh, so Blakey T, we need Patreon.com <laughs> slash a load of BS. You're like, fuck you, No more mincing words, Scotty. We're not going to lead into this one. We're going to tell you where you can go to support us. 100%. That's it. Holy shit, we're making that much money now? It's not a lot, but still, it's more than I thought. Yeah, baby! Um, Thank you to all of our patrons at the moment. Uh, But if you want to become a patron, you listening at home, you loyal, loyal listener, if you want to step up your game, you can become a patron for as little as a dollar a month. We can shout you out on the podcast. Like the Patreon saints of a load of BS, my mom, my dad, and of course, the first mate of the BS, Salty Frank of the Seven Seas. Because he's right here right now, talking in the chat, and we're we're really kind of ignoring some of it, but it's not because we hate you. Um, and, like, so you could, there are different levels. Scotty, what are the different levels? I don't know off the top of my head. You can go see it on there, but I will tell you, no matter what you donate at, you get access to our exclusive Discord where you can hang out, you chat with us every time we go live on Twitch or Periscope, where you get notified right there on the app. It'll let you know that. And, of course, you get access to our exclusive show, You Paid for This, where me and Blake watch terrible movies and commentate over them. Sometime this week, we're hopefully going to be watching Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider. I have to figure out how we're going to watch Ghost Rider, but we are. Can we? Can we watch the second Ghost Rider? Because I hear that one's just stupid. <laughs> we'll see. Um, I did like earlier, I was trying to find a way to watch it, and every like autocorrect was like, watch Ghost Rider online in Hindi. I'm like, do the, do the Hindi people fucking love Ghost Rider? Because they're really wanting this. Oh man, we should watch some Bollywood movies at some point. But that's just a low-hanging fruit, isn't it? Bollywood Ghost Rider is what we need to watch. Bollywood Ghost Rider. Can I change my thing for this week? <laughs> Can I change my pitch, my idea to Bollywood Ghost Rider? Oh my god. No, because maybe. it's already been done. They just produced it. Yeah. Oh no. 
Um, now, oh wait, shit in the chat, Gazi did also mention merch.aloadofpurebs.com, where you find mer- merch for all the entire BS network. We got merch for us, we've got merch for the Fight Boys, for Fun Fiction, they've all got merch over there for you to check out. And Blake, most importantly, I know there's one thing that you love, that you crave, that we sell over there. What is it? We got cups! Receptacles for your drinking. For your alcohol. You can just dab some alcohol in there and just have you a good time. Just dab a little bit of that cahal in. Yeah, the cahal. Get a little cahal in it. And also, let's not forget how awesome our shirts are. Probably the softest merchandise shirts you can get on the internet right now. Available at merch.alitapurebs.com. Ladies and gentlemen, the following event is scheduled for one clusterfuck and is set to occur in Birmingham, Alabama. Introducing first, he is the bearded man from the Badlands, the absolute Badlands, Scotty Moore! And in the other corner, sporting the modest plaid on plaid on plaid, the man with the plaid crown. The plaid is plaid on the plaid. The man who knows nothing about wrestling and everything about plaid. Blake Tanner. I'm sorry, was I supposed to do something there? I thought this was just you two. Oh, no, yeah, no, no, that's Dylan. Hey, and Dylan. Then, <laughs> and we are the Fight Boys, and it's a show about professional and not-so-professional wrestling. Make sure to check us out, because when you're a Fight Boy, you're a Fight Boy for life. All right, Blakey T, between this and then the Ikea incident, of, I think that might have been last week. I, oh, shit. Yeah, we're also going to have to just pitch. I mean, do you want to combine pitches? You want to try to combine your pitch with mine? You know what mine is going to be because we talked about it in the pre-show for Fight Boys. Yeah. Um, it would be uh, our own version of the hit film Yesterday where you I wake up. I wouldn't say it's the- a hit. I would just say I really liked it. <laughs> I, I really liked it. I don't yeah. think a lot of people are going to like it, but I think it's a it's a good movie. Well, for me, Blake, you know what day this is coming out on? July 4th, baby. We got to talk about America a little bit. We need to make us a solid-ass, pure-blood American movie. So you mean what happens if you get hit by a bus and you find out America doesn't exist? Holy shit, wait, no, I do love this. It's current day, but America never existed. And our hero, Buff Chuckwad, is now going to be on a mission to discover the new world. Now, how do we handle... Now, does America not exist because it hasn't been discovered, or does it not exist because it's still a British colony? I, oh man, I really prefer the, I was going to say it hadn't been discovered, but that means we have to deal with the Native American situation, which, hey, Americans didn't do that well, so I, I don't know how we'll do it. So I prefer the concept of it's a British colony, so it's now current day, it's current day, so guns exist, and it's the Patriot, except it's Buff Chuckwell with his machine gun. Buff Chuckwell the Patriot. And the thing is, he has to build his own machine gun. That's his adventure for the first movie. Yeah. He's yeah. building a machine gun. I mean, no, no, no. It's current day. 
It's as if we never found freedom from the British colonies for like 300 oh, years. Oh, I know. He Everyone knows how to build a machine gun. He's just got to get the parts. Wait, hold on. So it's fucking Fallout. He's running around the wasteland uh-huh. becoming friends with Native Americans well, it's like, in order to build a machine gun. In this fun movie I watched, like, the dude's whole thing is he wakes up in a world where, um... The Beatles never existed, so he yeah. decides he's going to get famous by singing all of the Beatles songs, because the Beatles songs, like, in the universe, they're, they're such timeless classics that they can exist anywhere, which I fully believe, but, you know, it's okay, it's debatable, because um, yeah. there were some moments in the movie where I was like, yeah, this doesn't fly that well now that it's not the 60s, huh? Yeah. All yeah. right. There is the one song that opens up with the line of, when she was just 17, if you know what I mean. This is sung by it, it, a person who was, I think, 17 or 18 at the time, but still. Um, it, took a, it took a solid 40 years for us to get out of that, because, of course, in the 80s, we also had, She's only 17! It's okay, she was only just the dancing queen. Um. So, anyway, Buff Chuckwell, he's got to remember, like, he, he knows how to build the machine gun but he's just got to find the parts okay wait so are you saying he is it a matter of he gets hit by a bus and when he wakes up it's like 1776 america and now he has to figure out how to build a machine gun based on that or is it current day we just never released from the colonies what if it's current day but because we never like became an independent nation like, the technology level of the world stayed at pre-machine gun conditions. Yeah. Um, now, Ghazi asks if slavery still exists in this world, and I'm going to say that's a topic we're not touching. Oh, um, um, so for all intents and purposes, no. They don't. In fact, before, it never existed. Not once. In fact, that means the pyramids don't exist, but we're kind of fine with that. Yep. Actually, because of British influence across the pond over the American colonies and the fact that Great Britain abolished slavery um, earlier, I believe, than the United States, that's citation needed. You can quote me on that if I'm right or wrong. But let's say that they did, and they made America do it, too, because they could. Yeah. So that's what happens. And Canada's great. Now, what if it's buff trying to recreate because like in the yesterday he's trying to recreate the beatles greatest hits which um what if he's he's trying to recreate the revolution exactly my boy so like he's getting people to like throw tea overboard on shit he finds a boy named alexander hamilton so the the fifth (laughs) i would like to say though that means that he's going to just be going up against the state who's imposing unfair and restrictive taxes, yeah. which I'm all for if it's an unfair and restrictive tax, but not for taxes in general. So Buff's going to have to have to deal with that eventually. No, no, no. Buff is right wing. <laughs> Buff is like, we don't need these daggum taxes. I ain't going to be paying for no one to go to jail on my dime. I tell you what, Papal cannon. <laughs> It's like, we're going to throw all of these public schools in the harbor. Yeah. <laughs> Yeet. I, do I just throw... threw a child into the pool. Take that, Billy. 
I do love that we keep talking about him and his machine gun. I prefer in the end. You know all these movies kind of have to have like a clever recreation of something, but like turning it on its head. I want Homeboy to have a handheld cannon. I want him to be walking around with like a giant ass cannon just yeeting shit at different ships as they come on. Is he just gonna like, is he gonna lose his arm and just put the cannon there at one point? Absolutely yes! He's become a buff cannon arm. Buff cannon arm. And it's going to be a sequel to Evil Dead. Yes. Um, now, do we want... How are we going to incorporate... Because, like, the Native Americans still existed, right? Like, mm-hmm. Well, I mean, they still exist anyways. So, like, do we want to bring some of them in to help fight the war as well? Does he have a Native American, like, sidekick? Okay, okay. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Because of... Um, because... America's influence wasn't that strong because Manifest Destiny wasn't a thing. Yeah. America, as we know it, is actually split just about right down the middle. You got the colonies in the east. And in the west, you got the independent Native American territories called Good Good Springville. Good Springville, starring The Simpsons. Um, Gazi does say our guy needs to be Squanto the 13th. Yeah, instead of the French helping, it's the people of Good Springsville. Oh, shit, shit, shit! How about this? Because the British are so egotistical and feel like they, they've been fine, they never had to fight for anything, that means they've never really come up with any weaponry. And the reason why Manifest Destiny doesn't work is because the Native Americans did have to fight. They had to fight for their land, which means they've got, like, high-tech laser guns and fucking lightsabers that they're slicing through motherfuckers. No, light tomahawks that they're using to chop people up. Did you just did you just Wakanda the Native American nations? Absolutely, okay, I did. I like that. Okay, Squanto forever. So yes, he has to seek help from Squanto and all of his friends. Yeah, um, can, can we uh, dances with wolves? It like he's actually a member of the Naval Marine, and he has to go through to try to stop them. And like he gets injured, and then they he wakes up one day, and he's in one of their tents. And they're actually trying to bring him back to life. And he's like, why are you being so kind to me? And they're like, you were the one who didn't, who waited to shoot. Like, he was the one showing mercy. And they're Mm -hmm. like, we understand that you are a good man. We would like to show you our technology and show you that we are not a threat to your nation. And And at the end, they're like, but you did shoot my cousin Keith. Keith? (laughs) Famed Native American, Keith. Um, Keith is really pissed about that. So stay away from Keith, okay? His uh, his name is Tobias Keith, and he's here. How do you like him now? You have to fight him in a fucking circle pit. <coughs> now, I-, I guess it does eventually become, the way the revolution happens is that he joins up with Squanto the 13th and all of his tribe, and they're taking back all of America, all under one government. So now, yeah. like, think of the first Thanksgiving where it's like, oh, we're sharing grain and we're sharing all of this. Instead, he's sh- sharing the intelligence of what it means to run a government. Mm-hmm. And then they take over the whole country. And it's called The Last Thanksgiving. Because, like, as you freeze frame on this picture of everybody, like, meeting and having great times, you kind of just, like... It zooms out of that picture frame. Yeah. And it zooms out into a, like a pile of rubble and you hear the voice of Ron Perlman saying, 
But that was then. This is now. <laughs> and war. War never war changes. War never changes. <laughs> no, 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 and no. That's what it, leads to the sequel, Independence 2. No, it's showing all of, like, the pictures of them, like, fighting in the war. And then it shows, like, them taking the capital. And then it shows them signing a declaration. And then the final picture is fucking Buff handing them a fucking blanket. And then, and then the next is Jesus the Christ. Proudly is they're all dead. They're all dead, except for, like, a few of them managed to set off their, like, future nukes. Yeah. And everybody's just bad. Um, now, Gazi, I'm going to pr- paraphrase what he commented, because I think he gave us the title, which would be Independence, Rise of the Sky Spirits. Because they definitely have planes, right? Yeah. They got, like, really dope planes. <laughs> I want their planes to, like, be really impractical and look like actual eagles that have to flap their wings, but they look really majestic. Could, uh, could we do a uh, do a nice compromise, which is it's uh, it works like a normal plane, but it's painted like those kind of classic Native American designs of eagles. I kind of want it to flap its wings. I mean, <laughs> I kind of want it to. I'll settle for like if they can if they can veto. All right. Okay, wait, hold on. How about this? They they uh, the boy the boy that's all they call him the boy who has these kooky ideas about flying. He came up with the with the metal bird who will bring vengeance upon the British. And the I way- also want to like make that and say like, "Oh yeah, we got some really cool jet fighters." And yeah. Buff's like, "I thought y'all talked real funny." And everyone starts looking at it and laughing. Oh, I'm sorry, the metal bird that rains fire from the sky. <laughs> That's good. Oh, uh, no, no, we dude. do that to fuck with you, Easties. That's what we it- call you. That's what we call the white folk. It it gets off of the ground by flapping the wings, but once it reaches altitude, the wings, like, slip back into place, and then okay. it works like a normal plane. So, yeah. best of both worlds. That works. Now, who is our grand enemy here? Who's the ultimate bad guy for Squanto the 13th and Buff Fuckwell, or whatever I named him? Um, King Louis the 16th. He's still alive. Okay. I like this. Can we pull a fucking, like some sort of mystic storyline around this, where he's, like, sacrificing babies to keep his life. Sure, that's fine. I was gonna put him in, like, a big steampunk mech at the end, too, so that'd be great. Oh, fuck, nope, you win. Steampunk mech always wins. (laughs) Because I like to think that, like, the colonies aren't really that technologically advanced, and neither is Great Britain, except they went full steampunk. Yeah, yeah. I do like that it's kind of like a normal mech suit initially where it just looks like a human body just metal and then at the end of the movie he's very mad and you've not even seen his final form yet part of the leg splits off part of the other leg splits off the arms come down he's now a giant fucking spider and it's fucking wild wild west 2 and you gotta fight this fucking giant spider I like that yeah. yeah, giant spot, giant teetotaling spider. <laughs> the teetotaling spider. Oh, that's good. And, and then, like, how about it's just Squanto and and fuck and Buck, whatever Chuck Buff. There we go. It's just them, and he's just like, really, you think you two could defeat this? And then he spiders up. 
Then over the hills, what's the sound? It's the Native Americans who disowned Squanto the 13th for hanging around Buff too much. And they've all come back to save their own. And then they fucking, like an Adat in episode 5, wrap around his legs and send him crashing to the ground. Alright, I'm down with that. And then Buff uh, rushes They just turn into a big whip. Yeah, and then Buff rushes towards the spider as it falls on the ground, does a kickflip, and kicks King Louie's head off of his entire body, sending it flying into the air. And that's the weird thing, is as he's flying through the air, King Louie's head warps back into our reality. And it's still alive. Oh, okay. (laughs) I thought you meant, like, current day... Randomly somewhere in like Virginia, a giant King Louis's head falls to the ground. Oh no. Yeah, basically, current day, except his head flies so far that it goes back to London and it lands in the palace. Mm-hmm. And as his head falls, he looks up and he can still speak somehow and he says, My child, we have work to do. <laughs> And then it's just like you see the back silhouette of a hunched over, like, old lady with a corgi right next to her. Oh, okay. Uh, Prince Harry's not as good. I like that one better. Also, I do like the fact that there has to be a scene where, like, he only works for the Navy, so he's not that big of a deal. But he needs to take down the government from the inside. He has to find somebody. And so they're all looking around the bar trying to find somebody. And someone goes, you're looking for help, kid? I think I can help you. And they turn, and he goes, Wait, who who are you? My name is Alexander Hamilton. <laughs> and there's a million things no, I have No, stop, done. stop, stop. Hold on, stop. I love that idea. Yeah. Except it's modern day. So he turns around and says, Wait, who are you? My name is Lin-Manuel Miranda. <laughs> and I've played Alexander Hamilton. Okay, okay, yeah, that's it. Or it could just be old Alex Hamilton played by Lin-Manuel Miranda, mm-hmm. which still gets us what we want. Because in this world, we've established that some of them can live for a long time, so that's cool, I guess. Yeah, we got the one. Yeah, Maybe yeah, the yeah. one on our side that lives for a long time is, like, um, George Washington, except he's a cyborg. Yeah, yeah, cyborg, and he literally looks like cyborg from fucking Teen Titans. Yeah, except... <laughs> Instead of, like, metal, he's a wood. Yes! That's awesome! He's the he's the wooden boy George. Oh, uh, so, Blake, we've created Independence, Rise of the Sky Spirits. The greatest film to ever exist. Oh, can I set up a sequel? Oh, yeah, yeah, set up that sequel real quick. So we go to Germany, and... Nope! Nope, <laughs> nope, 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 no. What, you don't you don't want to see Kaiser Wilhelm try to make the Second Reich? No, no, I don't even want the First Reich. I want no Reichs. No Reichs allowed. Well, the First Reich was actually thought to be the Holy Roman Empire, which was created by the Germanic tribes, and it was taken over from, like, the, the eastern parts hey, of the... Hey, Blake, 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 It was Blake, taken Blake. over from, like, the <laughs> Central Europe, and... Fucking what was awesome this week, you piece of shit? You go first. <clears throat> um, I got- <coughs> so, so Blake's dying. <laughs> you all right? That cough has lasted you a long time there, buddy. Yeah, I'm just congested. Uh, 
I'm a congested boy. While you try not to die, I'll say my thing that's awesome this week, and fuck it. I've I've avoided it for far too long, but it's fucking Queer Eye. Damn it, Blake, it's so good. Like, I'm, I was always a person who was very hard. I was a hard cry, and I don't know if it's having a baby now and, like, a wife and that kind of... It, it allows me to see things from different perspectives, which is why I cried during Captain Marvel at three different intervals. But, like, yeah. Queer Eye is an emotional roller coaster, and it's so good because it's never a, this is depressing cry. It's always a, you're gonna get it! You've done it! Jonathan Van Ness shaved your beard, and now you look handsome as fuck! That's how I felt the other night when I was watching, um, the, the movie, and they did play any Beatles song, because I did just start crying. Yeah. Um, I mean, I could listen to them at any time, but it was just nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, like, all of the cast members are fantastic. I love watching Tan Tan just, like, make people over and talk about their wardrobe. Tan Tan! Tan Tan! Whenever he makes over people's wardrobes, I'm immediately taken in, like, how can I apply this to me, though? Like, everything on the show, I automatically apply to myself. That's why I trimmed my fucking beard, was I was like, Jonathan wouldn't approve of this. Jonathan wouldn't approve, so I need to shave my beard at this point. I'm sorry. And, like, when I went to Orlando and knew that I would be in public, I was like, these pl- these pants aren't flattering for my figure. I need to get something with, like, more of a pleated, <laughs> a pleated look. Need to change up my appearance. And then, like, yeah, just everything about that show is fantastic, and I love it to death. And the new season's coming out, I think, next week or the week after that. So, in this world of, like, toxic... I'm sorry, last week, and this is gonna be more of a Fight Boys discussion, last week on Wrestling Twitter got real toxic masculinity real quick, and I didn't... I was not about it, and so I just had to sit back and watch Queer Eye, where they're just like, no, you don't have to fight about this. You can like Seth Rollins and Will Ospreay. I'm like, okay, Karamo, I didn't think you would speak to me so directly, but that's fine, I guess. That's cool. I mean, sure. I I was going to do that anyway. Yeah. (laughs) All right, so what about you, buddy? What was awesome this week for you, other than getting really fucking drunk? That was awesome in the moment. Um... The thing that was awesome later and for the last couple days is uh, Pepto-Bismol. <laughs> yeah, I will say, uh, we recorded a few episodes of JXT Pro Wrestling, and I logged on, and I just saw your face with a giant bottle of Pepto next to it, and I w- it took me a while to realize you didn't have a straw sticking out of it, but it wouldn't have surprised me. Oh, no, I was just drinking straight from the bottle, though, so it was close enough. Yeah. Um, the thing about Pepto-Bismol is that it helps against a bunch of different things, uh, such as nausea, heartburn, indigestion, upset stomach, indigestion, diarrhea, oh, Pepto-Bismol. And it'll help against all of those things. So if you're, like, sitting at the, you know, in the middle of your workday, and you're just kind of there, and you realize, I'm about to throw up in a few minutes. (laughs) And you just kind of drink the Pepto, it makes it stop. It has an interesting taste that I'm really into as well. Like a It's ch- very soothing. Like, all antacids have a decent taste to them. Pepto's probably, like, the weirdest, because it's got, like, a minty shit to it. But also, I like it no matter what. Yeah. Can we just talk about good medicine? Because 
Those good flavored medicines. I don't give a shit what people say. I like the taste of them. There are some that I like. There are others that I've never liked. Yeah. Like, for some reason, when any kind of cherry flavored medicine, I'm not a big fan of, but I love cherry flavored like candy. Cherry flavored Luden's cough drops are my shit. But I will also say, like, orange cough syrup is fucking amazing, too. Um... Now, I'm looking at our chat, and friend oh, yeah. of the show, Ghazi, fight boy, the fight boy himself says he hung with Ring of Honor's world heavyweight champion Matt Taven as a person and not just as a wrestler, and I want to know what the fuck's <laughs> going on with that. So, Blake, tell people, <laughs> tell people where to find you on the internet while Ghazi types out this amazing story. Alright, while he's doing that, you can find me at Blake A. Tanner on the Twitter, you can find me at the Darkroom Vidya on YouTube, uh, that is Darkroom V-I-D-Y-A, and you can just find me wherever making the world better. And you can find me on Twitter at Scotty Mo. that's S-C-O-T-T-Y-E-M-O-B-I-L, my books on Amazon, the Quizzle Corp trilogy, BS vs. the Gods, they're all available for you to check out there, ladies and gentlemen, and make sure to go to a load of purebs.com and check out all of the other shows. We've got a load of BS, we've got Fight Boys, we've got Fun Fiction, we've got Opposite Attractions, and if we get enough patron donations... We may have a new show coming out very, very soon, as soon as I can get to writing on it, because last last week's pitch was not just a pitch, ladies and gentlemen. It may come to fruition sooner than you think. So make sure to also remember to support the show at Patreon.com. Make sure to pick up that merch at merch.loadofpurebs.com. And, of course, remember, if you can't support monetarily, you always can. Over, on, You can always support us, whether that be by supporting us by subscribing to the YouTube channel, leaving us a review on iTunes. It, it was so weird suggesting they not do something that gives us money that I was like... You could, um, I don't know, fuck it. Like the video, com- like, comment, subscribe, um, dude. Yeah, all of that stuff, uh, reviews on iTunes are really great. Yeah, we love we get getting them. feedback and, like, hearing people talk to us about the show is fantastic. That's why we stream out on the, uh, on the old Twitch machine to get responses. Um, okay, so Gazi's responded. Uh, the girl he went to the show with, Jules, just walks into the Superstar parking lot after every show with no consequence and brought Gazi along, and the first person they run into is Matt Taven, so they spent a solid half hour hanging out with him, Vinny Marcellia, and Jeff Cobb, chatting like normal folks. Fuck yes, dude! There you go, Gazi. That's on par with uh, me and Dylan going to eat dinner with Megaran two nights in a row last weekend. And just being like, I guess this is our lives now. This is just what happens. That's really close to me going to Ikea and, like, getting to know the entire Swedish nation. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But speaking of good, good musical artists like Megaran, Blake, do you have any news about other musical artists? No, I've got no news. I've got the normal thing that I do, I guess, about music, if that's what you mean. Yeah, that's what I mean. Are you, were you trying to prompt me? <laughs> Bitch, are you trying to prompt me? Do you know you who the fuck prompt- I am? Are you trying to prompt me without giving me a chance? <laughs> are you trying to do that shit? Are you trying to prompt me to say special thanks to Tom McGuire and the Brass Holes for our theme song that we stole from them and then asked permission to use and then used Ric Flair yes. as our intro and outro music? That's what I was. That's special what I... thanks to Tom and those brass holes. Okay, there we go. Brass holes. 
And of course, remember to find Blake and me on the Twitter machine at a load of pure BS. Except no substitutes, because we will see you next week.